Hey, Pops, welcome to Dreamland, where you get to live my life. Here I am over here, don't you see me? Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jay, and this is the Rewatch Podcast. I watch movies all the time. Then I like to rewatch them, and sometimes I'll even watch them again. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or just downright terrible. I'm going to watch them and then tell you all about them. And sometimes I'll have special guests join me. This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I am Jay Thomas, and Sean has returned once again. Sean, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm excited to talk about this sort of surrealist rom-com, as uh, the great Corey Feldman once said. Bobby was just a normal teenager. Is he okay? Ask him if he wants a Pop-Tart. Until he bumped into Lainey and the Edingers. This wasn't supposed to happen. Oh my God. I'm him. Now, Bobby has three days to find himself. That's rude, mister. To pass high school. I was that SAT man Saturday afternoon test. And steal his best friend's girl. Well, maybe you're not her type. I'm every girl's type. Or his future is history. Thank you for a frightening, confusing, strange, and dangerous time. What more could a girl ask for? Jason Robards, Corey Feldman, Piper Laurie, Meredith Salinger, Harry Dean Stanton, Corey Haim. You were expecting maybe Freddy Krueger. Dream a Little Dream. Yes, we are talking about Dream a Little Dream from 1989. I'm going to say kind of a forgotten Corey Feldman, Corey Haim movie, even though it was only uh, the their last cinematic team up out of only three, which I thought there were more, but a majority of them were all on VHS. Right. Which is so sad to think, but uh, I've loved this movie. I've seen it forever. I mean, I've, I think I saw it when it came out and then it was on HBO a lot and you have just seen it for the first time, like what, a week ago? That's correct. Yeah. About a week and a half ago, I watched it for the first time ever. Um, I don't know how I missed this on HBO deep cable reruns. I know it was in rotation constantly, but I, it was, I, it was on a lot. We could do an entire episode on the HBO, you know, <laughs> I think we should almost do like a top 10 of that at some point, but it's so much Oops. stuff that just replayed over and over again. And, and this was definitely in high rotation in my house. I'm surprised that I never made you watch this before because I loved it. You might've, and I might've been too busy playing video games and playing <laughs> Nintendo and not paying attention, but like... it's entirely possible. I also watched a couple days after I watched dream little dream again recently because it just came out on Blu-ray and it, it looks great. It sounds great. I mean, they really did a good job of updating it. And there's some special features, which they've never had on any on the old DVDs or anything. So, like, it's a really good release. I highly recommend it. I think I got it for, like, 10 bucks in a pre-order, which was I was <laughs> super excited. Um, but I did also watch Lost Boys and I watched License to Drive. And I think uh, Dream Little Dream is actually the best of the friendship of Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Like, them as characters together... I think it shows their chemistry the best. Yeah, it's pretty good. I still feel like Lost Boys is their greatest partnership. Maybe because it, because I think it's a better movie overall. And I love every single character in that movie. And maybe that kind of distorts it a little bit. And I, I don't know. It seems a little more earnest. They're all meeting to get together in Lost Boys. And this one, they're already, you know, tight 
guy do bros in dream a little dream when they're introduced at the very beginning yeah for, i mean for sure i mean that's how the whole movie starts is just them basically having a sleepover just bantering what was that hess sound bobby <laughs> that's the way i laugh you know <laughs> what the hell is <laughs> why can't you laugh like a man and from what uh, i have found out Corey Haim ad-libbed a lot of his lines. Oh, it 100% shows. I felt like the whole time when they were interspersing the dialogue with the credits, it was just like a series of like weird skits put together. Um, what they imagined normal kids would do at a sleepover. What I imagine they think of normal boys who are younger than what they are at this point would be right. doing at a sleepover and talking about. Like, And I, I gotta say, I thought it was pretty close. I don't know about the know, dog snarling part towards the end, but... Smoking cigarettes, singing songs, uh, yeah, just freestyling pretty much. And, it, you know, it was kind of funny and strangely endearing. Oh, our life is tough. Money never seems to be enough. And if I could have, oh, just one thing. Holy God, I wish you can sing. And this wasn't even supposed to be a Corey Haim, Corey Feldman movie. It was just supposed to be Corey Feldman. Um, but he came in late and Corey Feldman was a little bit like, uh, get. Yeah, like he was happy because it was his best friend. But his other best friend, which I can't remember the guy's name, he got him to. I mean, he basically got him the part. And then the producer was like, Corey Haim came in because his girlfriend's in the movie. Mm-hmm. And the producer's like, hey, this would be great. Why don't we do a Corey and Corey team up? And Corey Haim's like, all right, sure. And that's how he became Dinger. Like, that's the, he wasn't even trying. They were just like, here, take it. And Corey yeah. Feldman's like, ah, I was going to, this was supposed to be Corey Feldman's, like, his big role that yeah. was dramatic and took him away from kind of what he'd been doing. And I could see where it could have been, but the movie, as much as I love it, and we'll definitely get into it, it's a mess of a movie. It is. I, I felt bad for Feldman in that he viewed it, you know, this was his first top billing in a movie that's going to, you know, project him out of the teen comedy and into something deeper, something more in depth and not so superficial and juvenile. And then Haim's like, hey, buddy, I'm here. Let's do that thing we do. Yeah. Corey's like, yep, pass the cigarettes. Let's get it on. <laughs> and I like Corey Haim in it a lot, actually. I think I've always I've always preferred Corey Haim a little bit over Corey Feldman. I enjoy him in this one. I, I can the, this, the, the moments that I still kind of quote are definitely ad libs. And I realize that after watching it this time, I'm like, oh, I still say <laughs> stuff like that all the time. Um, but if you've never seen Dream Little Dream, which there are people out there like Sean, uh, it is it was part of the uh, kind of body swapping craze of that time, even though it's not really a body swap, but kinda, uh, with kind of with weird take on and, uh, like father, like son, which I like those movies as well. I bought them and it's a double feature at Menards once. Vice versa. Big. Yep, big. Yeah, I forgot about big, uh, which isn't that again. That one's not really a body swapping one, but you get the kind of same sort of idea in this one somehow i don't really know exactly how but uh cory feldman and uh, meredith salinger who plays laney the main actress in the film uh they switch uh kinda bodies with uh, an old man named coleman and his wife and it's jason robards and piper laurie from twin peaks and it's very confusing and doesn't make any sense and they really make almost no attempt to explain it what do you know about all of this I'm just caught in a dream. They don't. They kind of introduce Jason Robards as like this intellectual, metaphysical, philosopher kind of wannabe guy that's like... Yeah, very, very smart, very... uh, Well, at least he thinks he's very smart, and everybody else is like, oh, here he goes again. 
Here he goes, quoting Yeats again, not yeah. again. And his name is Coleman, which again, no offense, but that's like one of the oldest old people names that they could find for him. And that's fine. It really was. But it's like, we're going to live forever, baby. I'm going to take us into this transcendental wonderland and we're going to live forever. I got an idea and we're just going to do it in our backyard where these uh, kids like to cut through all the time. Feel the energy of the earth come up <laughs> through your legs and arms. Like the weird like meditation that he does is basically what Daniel does in Karate Kid 3. Yeah, it's Tai like, Chi. It's like the same. Oh, actually, I think it's part two. When you feel life out of focus, always return to basic of life. We're praying. Breathing. No breathe, no life. It's like the same like motion. I, I remember thinking like, is this a thing? Like this, <laughs> this was very popular in two movies that I like a lot. <laughs> I don't know how he came up with it. And like, it, there's also there's a scene where Coleman is on like a rocker platform at a dock, and it was very Karate Kid like. It was like Daniel yeah. on the beach training. It was like the exact same scene, except with an old man. And it was very strange and uh, I, kind of out of nowhere. Like it's it's during a, a scene where Harry Dean Stanton's also in this movie. I think that was the first time I was uh, exposed to Harry Dean Stanton. And I've liked him ever since this movie. Coleman's wife, Piper Laurie, which I wish she would have been in it more, especially after I got into like Twin Peaks. And she's a really big part of that. Like mm -hmm. that's a character that I feel like we should have got to know a little bit before the whole body swap, because then she basically disappears. And the scene where... Coleman's doing the weird meditation thing on the on the dock is uh like she's trying to convince his friend Harry Dean Stanton to you know get him to maybe relax and not try to do all these weird experiments that we really again know almost nothing about but no it's she's just afraid weird. she's gonna get wrapped up in it and well she does Coleman it's working yeah weird for the sake of being weird and yeah you're right Gina his wife kind of appears and disappears. I mean, she has a pretty prominent scene when uh, a pretty prominent love scene between her and Coleman that you don't see that very often in your, you know, typical teen comedies, which this is trying to be beyond teen comedy. Yeah. So let's show the old people, you know, what old people hooking up is really like. And that was a that was an eye opener for me, even as an as a middle aged man now. almost. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine being a teenager and seeing that being grossed out. Now I'm like, well, eh, it's kind of yeah, cute it, and weird. And the whole movie is it's kind of intercut in the beginning of this older couple and their friend mixed with uh, Bobby Corey Feldman's character and his friends. And it's just constantly cutting between them. And honestly, even when I was younger, like, okay, I was seven years old when this came out. I even liked the stuff with the old people. Like I <laughs> liked this stuff with Jason Robards and I love the montages. And, but even now watching it, I'm like, God, I wish there was more of them because I don't feel like we get to know them enough because Corey Feldman's supposed to be him, but I don't think we ever really get enough of Jason Robards to get it. No, besides like, besides like the quotes of like the famous authors and things like that, yeah. that Corey Feldman randomly does. And then in Corey's words, trying to add a little vaudeville action to his acting. Like I think was what he said in his book uh, that's yeah. lost in translation, obviously, but it, it doesn't really seem like we know enough about either of them. And also, what happens to Gina? Because Coleman, everyone's convinced that Gina is inside the young Laney, Meredith Salinger's mm -hmm. body now. But we don't really get a full answer on that. It's kind of like, well, she's buried too deep. She doesn't understand. Or... Yeah, she wasn't really part of She didn't want to be part of this, like, weird meditation in the backyard. So she only half <laughs> went into Laney. And and Laney, and, we should probably say, Laney is, is Bobby's got a crush on her. and. 
Dinger, played by Corey Haim, is like, don't, because her boyfriend's insane. She's Joel's. You forgetting who Joel is? Joel? Joel? Psycho Joel? Joel, who is, by the way, one of my favorite characters in this movie. What did you think of Joel? I well, our first take on him is he's a teenage alcoholic drinking and drinking flask from his locker. It's like, dude, why is your rough? Yeah. Why is your life so rough? You had the most beautiful girl in school, obviously. Miss um, Salinger, aka Lainey, is. I had such a crush on her back then, even when I was like seven years old. Are we talking about Lainey, the one that looks great in a leotard, Lainey? No, I totally get it. I mean, she seems really likable and sweet, and she yeah. doesn't really have any like darkness. She just has the really dark boyfriend again, Joel, the alcoholic slash potentially violent you know character and it's and her kind of drunk mother as well like you kind of get <laughs> feeling like the mother's probably drunk most of the time too and and uh oh. she she was in one of my other favorite underrated 80s teen comedies my mom's a werewolf oh my goodness that's a classic i love it but yeah the, her mom yeah her mom like berates her for not hooking up you know further with joel like why yeah. did you stop him what don't you want to go anywhere in life it was pretty horrible pretty horrible message and also let me just say like for a pg-13 movie there was some heavy petting going on between joel and meredith for one scene i was uh, my was. son came in the room and i was like uh maybe it's time for you to go because yeah i know it's pg-13 like, in the 80s but come on guys yeah like you don't see anything but other than there's a there's a little there's a little gropage going on and there's That's some on top of the theater cut with Coleman and Gina doing their thing in the backyard and not doing their thing, uh, meditating or doing the experiment. Yes, not, not hooking up. <laughs> oh God, that'd be just, that's a whole nother movie. Um, but yeah, so like you get to know these people and I actually think everybody, I didn't really think anybody was bad in this. Like I kind of enjoyed, I like everybody, but you don't really, you don't really know a lot of them. Uh, you know, Bobby has got problems with his parents who I loved. <laughs> They're just the most ridiculous 80s teen parents I've ever seen. Yeah, um, I, I barely recognize Victoria Jackson when I saw her as the mom because she has those crazy glasses on and she doesn't say anything except she kind of just yells a lot. Like, yeah, oh my gosh, oh no. The dad from uh, uh, The Godfather, I think, is probably what he's best known for being. And uh, But I think of him as this from Dream Little Dream. I think the reason it's so confusing and we don't know a lot is because it's a little over an hour and a half, just under two hours, I guess. and there was the original cut of that was like four and a half hours. Mm -hmm. And I am so intrigued by that knowledge that I learned on that Blu-ray. I've been obsessed with it ever since. Like what, what's there? There's gotta be so, I mean, there's a lot of montage in this, in this movie. So yes, uh, there's a good chance. It's stuff like that. That was just like longer, but I would, I would bet it was, it's all montage. I don't need to see a four and a half hour cut, but like if we got two hours plus two and a half, maybe pushing it, or just deleted scenes. That would be great too. <laughs> it's already it's already an hour and fifty five minutes. It's damn near two hours long in I a know. movie that should be an hour twenty five tops. Yeah, and it just it it's a weird kind of body swap that just doesn't really like explain why these people, the two <laughs> Bobby and Laney, crashing each other while these other two older people are doing their experiment meditation thing, and then they disappear and. Coleman goes into Bobby and Gina partially goes into Lainey and Lainey kind of still retains her memories, but also Gina's. And I don't know, man, it's very strange, but I love the entire ride. But that's one of my favorite parts of this movie, too, is when Coleman is, you know, inside um, Bobby's body and he's like winning Lainey over and then screws it up by trying to get to Gina. It's so funny because it's like, oh, wait, he's going to help Bobby get the girl. I feel so safe with you. I feel like I can tell you anything. I know. Why? Because we're them. We're who? 
We're the old couple. You're Gina and I'm Coleman. Why are you doing this? You're spoiling everything. It's the truth. You've got to hear me. I don't want to hear you. I'm starting to like you. I don't want to hear this. But you've got to. It's the truth. Bobby, listen to me. Why are you doing this? Oh, no, he's screwing it up. And he's talking about Gina and freaking her out. Yeah, like immediately. You're so close. And I, I love, I mean, I love the fact that it's like supposed to be this old man in the late 80s trying to identify with this kid that he's been fighting with basically forever by the sounds of it from them constantly going over his garden um on his flowers yeah <laughs> and i i i like it but then i was thinking like so he's trying to help bobby get into a good school and because bobby keeps coming to him in his dreams and <laughs> that's where and that's where we kind of learn stuff but not really and he's basically saying like look in a couple days if you don't get things figured out gina's gonna be gone and gina's packing this whole time with what appears to be Laney in the very beginning, which I was like, what? Because Laney doesn't know what's going on. But is that a dream inside a dream? Is that Inception? Is that what we're seeing? It is. This was like the, this was a prequel to Inception, I think. Um, (laughs) But like the most they explain it is Coleman is looking at Corey Feldman. And I know you loved this, this scene when he's like, you, you, me, you, you, me. We've established our basic question. You, me. You don't seem to have any of the answers. Brilliant back and forth. My favorite scene right there. <laughs> it was weird because I'm like, okay, so this is the real Bobby that we're seeing in the dream. I don't really like this Bobby. I kind of like Coleman Bobby. Right. It's They could have had the best of both worlds there, but it's not how the movie plays out. No, but uh, so uh, as it goes on, so like the whole movie, it's just Bobby or the kid, the old man trying to be this young kid, in it, which is borderline Michael Jackson. Because of Corey Feldman's odd attachment to Michael Jackson. Best friend slash obsessed devotee. Yeah. And there's a, a dance number in the middle of the movie that Corey Feldman said that he was in charge of. Um, that basically just shows off that he can dance like Michael Jackson. But he said that he did. He wanted to have a couple missteps because he didn't want Coleman to be good at it. Because Coleman right. shouldn't. And Coleman learned how to be Bobby by watching an old home video. Which, <laughs> which based on what he comes out acting like. I would have loved to see the video. That would have been fun because it's it's insane. It is. I mean, the most advice he's getting from his friends is, where's your moose? What did you do, run out of moose? And if you got any moose, I want you to use it. With my hair, my hair looks like shit. I never have my hair look like shit. They're going to know something's up, all right? Something's weird here. All right. Oh, one last thing. Wake up. Wait. The second, you know, the second that Coleman starts dressing properly, like a, you know, I say properly in quotes, like yeah. a Corey Feldman teenager, he's dressed out like Michael Jackson with like the full fake medals and the shoulder pads and everything yeah. like that. Like it's a hundred percent like he's raided Corey's, you know, Bobby's closet by way of Michael Jackson's closet. And the weird thing is, is like his group of friends, I don't feel like he'd listen to Michael Jackson. No. I don't think so. I mean, I don't know what Joel listens to. I mean, he's just drinking most of the time. And um, there's a there's a high school bully because there has to be uh, named Dumas, who's the frightened friend from Teen Wolf, which kind of blew your mind. I couldn't stop thinking about it because he was not scary to me at all. Like the kid was talking tough, but it was the little guy from Teen Wolf who was scared of everything with long hair and spikes and and talking tough the whole time. And I just, Uh it was not believable. It was more funny to me. And also when they called him dumbass instead of Dumas a couple times. Dumas, Joel. You know that's French? Right. You mean dumbass. I want to be a foreign object, but it ain't French. (laughs) The weird dance scene. What did you think of that when it finally happened with Corey? The whole reason is, is Lainey is like a, she's a dancer. Like we learned that in the very beginning and Lainey's realizing something's wrong with her because she's, she's out of step with everybody. So she's 
going to practice by herself and Bobby, like a creepo, decides to hang out in the in the gym and watch. And then uh, she's listening to a dream little dream song. He's like, oh, I know this song. I know this. So he kind of lip syncs it. And Michael Jackson dances to her. Yeah, it's it connects something. both worlds. It, that that song came out, you know, when uh, Coleman was five years old, and it's yeah. been in his heart ever since. And again, you know, like you described, Lainey is rehearsing in the gym by herself with a top hat and cane and four mirrors, all by herself, spandex, all that good stuff. Yeah, great. She looks fabulous in a leotard. She's Jules. And then Feldman, mm-hmm. you know, sulks into the gym, not even like, you know, subtly. He comes walking down like the top row of the balcony, like the balcony bleachers. Uh, all the way down and then dances his way all the way down to her. Uh, I don't, that would take like 10 minutes. It was crazy. For some reason, she's like, man, you got the moves. I like you. <laughs> well, you said she was out of step with reality and dancing. That I is think, true. So yeah. It all kind of lines up that she's, uh, and she got the, not, she had a head trauma. She's not thinking straight at all. She probably no, has a not, concussion. Not at all. They all well, have the thing concussion. I think's funny is, uh, I mean, she's not really falling for Bobby. She's falling for Coleman, the old Jeez. man. That old soul. Like, Bobby, I like your look, but man, you're an old soul, and that's what I love about you. But we don't get that movie, and that makes me kind of sad. I would like, I would have almost liked to more see the love triangle between Coleman, Bobby, and Laney. Now that, yeah. that was an idea. And and Corey Haim's just there hanging out. We haven't even talked about him yet, and you know, that's his, his role in the movie. Yeah, he's just there. He's Bobby's best friend. Like, he's just, and he's got a cane because he legit broke his leg before the movie started. And yeah. they had to write it into the script. They explain it in the in the movie that the mom accidentally ran over his leg. So it was close to what yeah. actually happened. Yeah. Well, at least your mom didn't run over your leg and her Volvo, right? Mine did. Well, yeah, that's what, when I saw it, I thought it was really odd. I was like, what a, a weird thing to put into a movie. And they kept joking, like, either that it was his fault that his mom hit him with the Volvo or mm-hmm. he deserved it. Or both. Go with it, run! Why am I running? have a broken leg and then yeah i read afterwards that his leg actually was broken when he's trying yeah. to teach his mom how to drive his vespa and she didn't know how to hit okay, the brakes and he and he hit a brick wall and broke his leg and Corey feldman so they had no idea and then he showed up and he's got this bright red dyed hair and a broken leg they're like the hell man what is yeah. going on he seemed to be in the throes of of drug addiction they both were and they and were having a lot of kind of issues at a little this point yeah, and that's what I felt bad. Like, I know it was, like, Corey's, like, Feldman's big break, or it was going to be his big break. And there's yeah. just scenes where I'm watching, and it's like, he just does not look good. Like, his face is all washed out and broken mm-hmm. out, and he just seems like he's really struggling. Like, I felt bad. There's probably a lot of pressure on him to make this movie in his mind. You know, I'm the top dog. Yeah, I'm exactly. the Corey in this movie, and he compensated with drugs or whatever. But the pressure, whatever got to him, is kind of sad. I felt bad mm-hmm. for – overall, I felt bad in that way for this movie, not being his big breakout. Yeah, which, I mean – he's trying you can tell he's going for it and the thing is i think Corey Haim always just seemed a little bit more natural than mm-hmm. Corey feldman and i think that's what was and then the, the different thing about this one is like you're saying he is the lead and Corey Haim had always been the lead prior so that was kind of fun to have them switch roles and Haim's just i think he probably has no pressure on him whatsoever so he's just having fun with the whole thing meredith salinger not the original laney did you know mm-hmm. that Jennifer, I did not. Jennifer Connelly was the original Laney. Mm. And then there was a conflict. So she had to drop out and they went with Meredith Salinger like really quickly before the movie started. What, was kind, like of, really... what kind of trajectory could that have had on their two careers if they would have? I, I have no it. idea. Well, I mean, because what Labyrinth would have already probably happened at this point, And yes, she was kind of already 
I don't know what Jennifer Conley's career was like at the time. I mean, she, I know she made quite a few movies, but I've I've seen very few of her movies, honestly. I haven't seen a lot of her younger movies either. I've kind of discovered her late as well. Um, I like know she was Labyrinth in the Dennis Hopper movie, Hot, Hot Spot, and I think that was pretty risque for her taking a risk in her career right. at that point. I don't know if that was 1990 or a little sooner, but, but yeah, this is, this is about one of the rare things I've seen Meredith Salinger in. She's married to Patton Oswalt now, but... I had seen the adventures of Natty Gann on Disney. She was like, that was her and Cusack, um, which I've, I almost watched over the weekend just because I've been in this mode of watching the movies of these people. But then I hadn't really seen much other than this. She's in Lake Placid and then a few things here and there. She's in a really good episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, it's one of my favorite episodes, actually, and probably because it's her. I'm like, oh, it's Lainey. Mm-hmm. Finally, she's back in something. But yeah, I I really liked her. And I thought her and Corey Feldman, I actually did think they had really good chemistry together. You're crazy. Did you know that? No, I'm also uh, cute, too. All right. So, will you come go with me? Do I have a choice? No. They did. I thought they had good chemistry. They said it was real. I mean, not real. I mean, they didn't, like, date or anything. But they said there was a lot of, like, flirting. Well, he said there was a lot of flirting Mm -hmm. on camera. And they, that, that's the thing. You kind of, whenever you see an interview or hear an interview with Corey Feldman, I always feel like you got to take it with a little bit of grain of salt. Very much so. Um, you don't know how much his ego slash selective memory slash abuse of himself and drugs and anything else is affecting his, his memory. I remember seeing Meredith Salinger in a Tales from the Crypt episode. That's where mm. I remember most. It was a one episode off where she was like a sorority girl with a secret haunted house, you know. Except for what you think is twist ending. But that's what I remember. I remember recognizing her all the time and see her because she has a very distinctive face, a very beautiful face. She still is very good looking. Joel's going to walk in here and kill both of us at the same time. I feel bad that, like, I liked the Laney character, but then half of her is supposed to be this older woman that you don't really know much about, but she doesn't know much about her either. So it it was really confusing, like, why Coleman was so big as, uh, like, just became Bobby, basically. And then Gina just disappears. Laney has no idea, really. She starts dreaming about her towards the end when she's getting closer with Bobby, which is causing issues with Joel, crazy Joel. Man, but, that guy is just a real psychopath in this movie. Yeah, he's a wreck. He kind of, him and Dumas kind of have a contest for who's a bigger psychopath. But Dumas I, basically pisses everybody off in this movie at some point. He, be, he beats up Corey Haim, then he beats up Corey Feldman, and Joel's like, I've had enough. Yeah, do a, a little hustle <laughs> at the end of the movie. Yeah, no, I liked all that stuff too. Like, uh, I don't know. Again, I'm a sucker for any of the '80s movies with the bullies getting their comeuppance and all that kind of stuff too. Yeah, so. well, and the weird thing too is because like Dumas is the bully, but Joel kind of is a bad guy too, and he's part of like the the friend group, and it's yeah, it's, it's weird. It's a weird dynamic. And then one of the other big things in the movie, which is such an '80s trope, and not really just '80s, but teen movie trope in general is the SATs are like a huge thing in it. Oh, of course. And I remember when I got into high school hearing about the SATs, but they were never like forced on us like they were in every <laughs> movie and TV show up to that point. Yeah, well, that's why that's nothing. That's why that's why Bobby wants to stay in Coleman's dream world. He's yeah. Out of every single class and he has no interest in taking tests or working hard in school. And Coleman's like, sit back, young man. I'll take care of this yeah. for you. I didn't even d- take my SATs. I turned out fine. Right. That's that's what they imagine. That's what they did. The standardized tests standardized tests were always a huge thing in the movie. Nowadays yeah. it's like, hey kids, make a YouTube video and you'll get into college. <laughs> it's yeah. a little different yeah. for us. It'll be it'll be totally fine. You'll you'll enjoy it. <laughs> 
um the, we get the high school prom which is always well i don't know if it's prom but it's a it's yeah, a big it's formal fun. dance that uh no one's really looking forward to which i actually liked in this one that it wasn't like a huge thing it was just like oh, i guess we'll go yeah it wasn't like the end all be all romantic moment like that was more realistic oh, it's gotta be perfect when bobby comes to get me uh bobby like and that. bobby and laney have a couple dates they go to the same places that the uh the old people go i keep saying the old people because that's how they're referred to in the movie a lot i don't know what else to call them because i don't want to call them coleman and gina because it, it just seems too formal it it, it, it does doesn't it and you know <laughs> and, and then i would have liked to see more of uh harry dean stanton and bobby becoming <laughs> friends well i'm happy to see you too ah but you're gonna be even happier to see me in a minute well i can only get so happy then i peek because like he has to convince you know, Coleman has to, as Bobby has to convince his friend, somebody what's going on and let him know. Cause no one seems to give a shit that these people have disappeared. No, and no one, like, no they one just really. disappeared. It's not like no one Bobby knows. and Laney went into their bodies. Like they're just poof gone. Yeah. Bobby at uh, Coleman as Bobby has to tell Ike that he's, that he's trapped. I mean, and obviously time hasn't passed, but there's no like, where's my friend Coleman. He's, you know, he lives yeah. right above me. I see him every day. It's just like, yeah, I guess he's missing. You haven't, um, done anything to my friends like bobby says go call my house i'm not there yeah and i like that he convinces him and i like that scene and but that's like really it like in, in my memory i i feel like harry dean Sands in the movie more than he actually is but i'm like that would have been fun if they like hung out like he quit hanging out with dinger and went and hung out with harry dean stanton for a while <laughs> <laughs> i want that scene that you know that's cut that had to have been a scene that they cut. I'm sure they had many weird bonding experiences. Because, again, you see a lot of scenes of Coleman and Ike, you know, hanging out in random places. Like, we're stretching on this classic car that Coleman drives. Yeah. Or we're at this weird, like, the whole restaurant on a balcony thing where they know the waitress. Uh, it felt very, okay. I know the movie didn't have a super high budget. But it felt like a very low budget moment. Like, we're yeah. on this balcony restaurant set. And we're just going to turn the lights off and make it nighttime and, and shoot and everything like that. You know, we kind of build to this, uh, like, to the dance where kind of everything sort of comes to a head. Like, I didn't even, we didn't even mention Bobby has a girlfriend that's not <laughs> Laney. Uh, that's actually Corey Hames' real life girlfriend, which <laughs> weird and just a whole lot of strangeness going on there. She kind of starts to figure out things are going on with Laney. And Dumas knows that Bobby and Laney have kind of been seeing each other. And uh, then Joel finds out because the mom rats are out. And Right. And I also kind of felt like the like Laney's mom kind of wanted to have sex with Joel. Oh, she definitely did. Every girl's type. Yes, you you got that vibe, too? <laughs> oh, I definitely did. As, especially as an adult. I might have even gotten that vibe as a kid. She was putting it out there pretty clearly, I felt. Well, and I feel like. I mean, something may have happened. I don't want to see that deleted footage. Everything comes to a head at the dance. Joel comes in drunk, super drunk. <laughs> and he, I mean, he bursts into the doors and he's chugging on his flask, which I'm like, awesome. Nothing bad can happen here. Uh, meanwhile, Bobby seems like he's having fun dancing with Dinger and uh, his girlfriend. And then Joel goes up and confronts Lady and hits her. Yeah, messed up. Didn't like it. Not at all. Bobby didn't like it either. Grabs Laney. They leave. And Joel's like, I don't like this. Dinger follows him. And uh, I one of my favorite moments is Joel makes Dinger go back to his house. Joel goes in the house and it's just Corey Haim ad-libbing lines while waiting. Me, Dinger. Unbelievably looking guy sitting out here freezing my ass off in some butt-ugly red Mustang. Well, now I'm overtime. I don't have a watch. I never had a watch. Why did I look at my wrist? I love every line that he says. 
just speaking from his mind there, just letting him go free form. That's kind of it's a nice bookend for the movie. A line that he says that I still say to this day, Joel comes out of his house and Graham looks at me and he goes, here comes that <laughs> I say that all the time. And uh, Joel gets in the car. He's got some new booze, uh, which he's excited about because he's a major alcoholic. And yep. uh, he's got a gun. And he's going to go meet up with Dumas at a back alley with Dumas and his punk friends. So when Joel and uh, Dinger finally meet up with uh, Dumas and his gang in uh, like this back alley, um, Joel quickly, because he has no calm. He's Joel. He's crazy Joel. He uh, whips out a gun. And then because he says my favorite thing and maybe all of 80s movies. Hey, guys, it's a party. Who brought the chips? One of the best line deliveries of all time. Um, he threatens to kill Dumas. Luckily, Bobby shows up. Basically, like, hey, you're not mad at Dumas. Dumas is an asshole. Uh, why don't you just shoot me instead? And everybody's like, Bobby, you should probably calm down. You don't really want him to shoot you. And then eventually Joel calms down. Another subtle anti-gun must not even subtle, an anti-gun message, you know, put into these teen movies. Like, I don't oh, yeah. think that they needed to have a gun involved with this one, but uh, here it is. This movie's got everything. It's got it does. Uh, abuse, physical abuse with a boyfriend and a girlfriend. It's got teen drinking. It's got a gun situation. It's a body swap, uh, a movie about staying young forever. I mean, what's not to love about Dream Little Dream? There's so much stuff in it. That's it just doesn't make sense. You're, you're changing my opinion. The more I listen to you and the more I talk with you, uh, the more my opinion of this movie is going way up through the roof yeah. now. So hopefully now, if your listeners feel the same way I do, and it's going to boost the sales of this baby. Real quick, let's take a sidebar from Dream Little Dream. Right before we started recording, you dropped a bombshell on me that you've never seen License to Drive. I have never seen License to Drive. All I can think of when I see that movie is Corey Haim going, Mercedes. That's all I can think of. Like, And I know that's Heather well, Brand's character in the time. movie, the love interest. Yeah, that's all I can think of. I don't know if I've seen it and blocked it out. I'm pretty sure my younger sister loves that movie to death, as most girls of that age uh-huh. and you did. I mean, but yeah. I've never seen it, and I would definitely watch it. Like, I think we should do a, a second part to this, and I will somehow – I'll have to stream it because I think it's – is it out of print still? I don't remember. It was out of print for um, a long, long time. I've never seen a half-price books, the DVD, for like $100. Let me look here. Let me see if it's streaming somewhere. I think it is. Um, go to my real good app. Not a sponsor. <laughs> License to. Nope, it is not streaming. You Dang. can rent it or buy it, though. All right. Well, then I will have to have a good night watching that at some point here. Uh, it is $10 on iTunes right now. Is it really worth owning a uh, digital copy? I need that physical copy of my hand. I do. Yeah, that's right. You do need the physical copy, don't you? I do. I would even. I've been. Then no, I, I, would, into, I would wait. Maybe I should get back into VHS just for this one. Let's get the VHS. I have thing. it. You can borrow it. I ha- That's one of the few VHSs I have. My mom was at a video it's store nice. that was going out of business, and it's in a video store case. All right. Well, we got to have a watch party then. Screw it. I'm coming up. It feels like this is the most Corey Feldman role ever. I mean, it's like it's basically him is what I assume he's yeah. like. Off the set. Yeah, I could I could totally see that. Just give the boy a bottle of moose and he's all ready to go. Um, so throughout the movie, in, in these weird dreams where you actually see Bobby and Coleman talking, um, Bobby references that there's only a limited time before Gene is gone forever. I mentioned that earlier, but and Coleman's like, well, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? He's like, I'm not going to tell you, basically, because he's a teenager and he's an asshole. You uh, wouldn't by any chance know how to switch us back. Absolutely. 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 As a matter of fact, it just so happens to be one of the very first things that I learned about. 
Well, then let's do it now. Uh-uh. What do you mean, uh-uh? Well, which word don't you understand? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. The whole idea. But it's all for nothing, really. They say, like, Lainey can't fall asleep the night of the dance or they'll lose Gina forever. So Bobby tries to keep her awake, but the mom's like, hey, guess what? Sleeping pill. <laughs> Suck on that one, Bobby. And he, he, freak, he freaks out, and then he just, you know, cries on a lawn and goes to Coleman in a dream, and the house is empty. So then he wakes up in his chair and everything's fine. Yep. It's not like it was all a dream. It all really happened because now Bobby and Laney are still together as a couple, which I, I actually laughed when the movie ends because it ends with uh, Coleman and Gina and Ike all hanging out in the backyard. And this time Coleman's like, hey, you guys can come through when Bob, but it's just Bobby and Laney. So I'm like, I wonder what school's like that next day because. <laughs> A lot of shit happened the night before, or two yeah. nights before. <laughs> yeah, I, I would think like DHS would be involved, and maybe the police and some other things going down. But nope. I mean, they're Not completely by themselves, and Bobby looks terrible. Like he looks like what he told Coleman not to look like, which I thought was <laughs> funny. So it's like he's got a little bit of the old man still. Like maybe he learned something. I don't know. I, he can't shake it. It's like yeah, it's like it when Picard weird. was assimilated by the Borg. He's always got a piece of the Borg in him. It's yeah. kind of like he's always got a piece of Coleman in him for, until the day he dies. So strange. It's so weird. I hate to even bring it up, but I probably should in professionalism. There is a sequel to this movie, technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it follows Bobby and Dinger and magic sunglasses sent to them by Coleman, uh, who has passed away at this point. Um, and these sunglasses... I don't remember exactly what happens. Robin Lively is also in it. One person wears the sunglasses and they can make the other person who's wearing the other pair do whatever they want. Wow. That sounds questionable. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to like say too many bad words, but it's stupid. (laughs) It is is so bad. And I, I think I've only, I've made, okay. I want to say I've only seen it once, but it's possible I've seen it twice, but I don't remember much about it. Other than he does dance again. Corey Feldman, of course. It's a more updated Michael Jackson dance. The more uh, sort of think like uh, what was the jam with Michael Jordan and Macaulay Culkin, that video. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, that it, it's more dancing like that version of Michael Jackson. It is it is strange. And I I would say it, it doesn't count, but it was another Corey Haim, Corey Feldman. But it was the straight to video version. Um, I was yeah, I was surprised when I found out they only had three theatrical movies because they were huge when we were growing up. Oh, yeah, I. I thought those two were in a billion things together, and they really, as far as in the theater, they weren't. They were only in well, three movies. Well, if you were watching HBO all the time, you were got yeah. a heavy dose of all three of those movies, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Lost Boy. Well, HBO, when we were younger, did a pretty good job of not playing R-rated things during the day. Mm-hmm. So that one I, I saw less, but I did see that one still. I don't know how, but I, I know I watched Lost Boys a lot when I was young. But License <laughs> to Drive, I saw a ton and Dream Little Dream, I, I mean, I've seen so many times. I think I used to like License to Drive a little bit more, but just rewatching it the other day, I still like it. It's why I always wanted to have a license, which I still don't have. Um, but hey, neither does uh, Corey Haim in that movie. So spoilers. It's fine. it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, but I do recommend you need to watch that movie for sure. I will. We're going to watch it together. I'm going to come to your house. We're going to bust out the VCR. I don't know what other. I can't think of. I can't. Can't improvise what kind of 80s treats we're going to have at the same time, but we're going to do it. I think, do it. I think that's a good idea because if, if I know anything about the two of us, 
we like to stay in the old days. Yes, that's why this is for the last three years. We've watched nothing but 80s movies or, or, or past, you know, further back. Trying to recapture the spirit because we're getting old. We got to go back. Want to go yeah. back. What did you think? Overall, Dream Little Dream, uh, what are your thoughts? It could have been worse. It could have been better. I didn't think I liked it as much as I did now that we've talked about it. I think I like mm-hmm. it more. Appreciate it a little more. I'm going to definitely watch it again. I, You know, I've watched it once only, but... I will watch it a second and third time and give it another try. You kind of, I mean, and it's funny because you think the more you watch it, the more you'll understand it. But I'm telling you, I've been watching it since 89 and it still makes no <laughs> sense. But it is one of my favorite movies. And but I like what it wants to be. I get where it wants to go. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I like it for what it, I like all the little elements that are in it that I think probably there was more that was cut. And now that I know that there's a four and a half hour one, I'm just like. I need it. You want that taste. You've had the sweet taste of this movie for, since 89, and you just want a little bit more to put you over the top. But I think you've, it's Reese's Peak. This is as good as it gets. I'm sorry. It's time to go watch some Porky movies or something. Sean, thank you for coming back. I, I enjoyed talking about this. If you were a little, if, if anybody was confused listening to this because we were kind of all over the place, the movie's all over the place. The movie doesn't make any sense, but it's a fun 80s Corey and Corey movie. That's really, yes. That, that's the best way to describe it. Thank you. I, I, Always consider myself, well, now, to be a dinger to your Bobby. I just want you to know that. Oh, that's nice. But I think you're more the old man than me. <laughs> you're Bobby to my Coleman. That's better. Yeah, that's true. The Rewatch Podcast is an Alpha Media production. Is this recorded? Oh, God.